So welcome to the podcast. And uh, I call it the podcast because it's our first episode. And we haven't, one of the missions of today was to name the podcast. And uh, uh, I'm Aaron. I go by Fisherman, the bootlegger who pays the highest price. And I'm here with Tom. How you doing, Tom? Hey. And, uh, And our third regular panelist, Maddie is not able to be here for our first show. And I hope he's not setting a precedent, but he is judging a rib competition. He couldn't say no to a rib competition for our silly podcast. So uh, this is a Bruce Springsteen themed podcast because, you know, there's there's a, a lack of Springsteen podcasts out there, right? And uh, so we're gonna we're gonna try to fill that void. And uh, what uh, what we're going to do is I think we're going to talk about Springsteen once a week. And uh, some of us, uh, some of us have strong opinions and other of us are just, you know, Maddie's a fanboy. Maddie's like me. Tom, I think, has more opinions. My opinion is what Bruce says goes. Um <laughs> You just don't have any criticism at all, which I I love Bruce to, you know, just like you guys. I just sometimes I criticize some of the um, soul cover releases, things like that. But you get you especially are just like, hey, I love it all, no matter what he does. Who, who, who am I to criticize Bruce Springsteen? Nothing, yeah, I've ever, well, nothing I've ever done comes close to what he throws away. Right. Yeah, that's true. I'm uh, hey, it's I'm I'm happy with any release, you know, as long as it, as long as he keeps working. That's that's all I care about. And secretly, you can't wait for volume but two. I no, I I mean, <laughs> after you know, letter, after letter to you was such a stellar. It is such a stellar album that don't get tired. Kind of, we don't get tired of letter to you, do we? Oh no, that's that's all. I just hold him to such a high the quality of stuff he can put out like letter to you. And then, you know, when he goes to um, that soul covers thing that that's the only, that's my criticism. If there is, you know, it's like, I can't compare those two as far as excitement. So that's all I, you know, I I don't want to hear the soul. I want to hear stuff he writes because he's such a great writer. All right. Well, I, I appreciate that. Uh, I sit back and whatever he gives me, he gives me, you know, uh, can't stop the rain. That's a cover. But when he does it, it's usually magic. You know, my, he does, yeah, I assume you mean, I assume, I assume you mean who will stop the rain, who will stop the rain. Creed's Clearwater Revival. Uh, can't, can't stop the rain. That might be a different song. I don't know who, who does can't stop the rain. Is that Millie Vanilli? Let's blame it. Let's blame it on the rain. <laughs> um, there's a there's a there's a who'll stop the rain at uh at uh Fenway 2012. I made a video out of that. Uh that goes I into like- Rocky Ground that is just so good. That's my favorite Rocky Ground of all the Rocky Grounds. And I don't do you have a favorite Rocky Ground? No, to me, that song um it was not one of my favorites, but it was you know, it sounded kind of similar, I thought, whenever I heard it. He, it was one he played every night, I think. It was one he played every night. But I should send you Who Will Stop the Rain into Rocky Ground 
from Fenway and make you a fan. The only thing good about these set lists is that we don't really have anything to talk about anymore as far as the set lists go. I did it's like expect. We're... I expected more to talk about when it comes to the yeah. set list than we have to talk about. But you know what? Nobody's seen more shows than we have over on my channel. We've watched, I figured out last night, 15 different shows from 2023. And nobody's bored. We're still there every week watching another one, another version of that same speech. He said something new, right? I got all excited. He said something new during the uh, uh, Last Man Standing intro. He added... Actually, I wish you... Yeah, tell me, because I... I think I came on to the uh, came into your show a little late and I didn't hear. It what used to said. be, it used to be. I've got your old books, and I got your old box of forty fives and your guitar that you always kept by your bed. And then he added, and uh, and now he switched. Now he does the forty fives first and then the books. Okay, I'm in, I'm insane, right? That I keep track of this shit. Um, so then he added. And I got a picture of us on your porch on your wedding day. You couldn't have been 19, or I don't think you that you were 19. Not that I got that wrong. He does it both ways. Um, but uh, <laughs> last night on the show we watched last night from Rome, he added, oh shit, what did he say? I don't know what we were talking about. I got I got a picture of us sitting on your porch on your wedding day. I don't know what we were talking about. And that's new. And for me, I don't know, it's a three-hour show, and I know everybody on that backstreet side to be like, oh, big deal. And I'm like, yeah, that is a big deal. Seven new words. <laughs> that's sad. That's sad that I that's when we get excited. I know. That's so sad. That's so sad. You were talking about watching a D&D show. We are going to watch a Devils and Dust show soon. It's not a Nugs audio, but it's good audio. And there's a, a, a clip on it where he says to someone in the audience, hey, what are you writing? You're not one of those weirdos who writes down everything I do, are you? <laughs> that oh, yeah. that I, I statement I makes that. me sad. That statement makes me like that hurts. It kind of well, kind of kind of hits home. <laughs> I don't necessarily write down everything he did, but you know, I'm watching every show because the subtle differences. You know how many Broadway shows I listen to? Like 22 different Broadway That's shows. Crazy same show over and over but I mean, it wasn't it was no? so subtly different look at how different you've watched a lot of shows from this tour look how different stevie and bruce do i don't want to go home at the end it's like always sometimes he screams nobody wants to go home and sometimes he goes nobody wants to go home and it's like all that shit just does it for me all those little subtle differences really do it for me and that's why and that's why i said if if he did a residency the sphere here i'd go get a job so i could be there every single night i couldn't afford to be there every single night but i'll take minimum wage and do whatever they want me to do as long as i can stand inside the arena to do it during the gig well they're hiring i heard they're hiring i'm not doing it for you too i need to hear no. that i need to hear that fish and bruce or or, or Probably Fish and Bruce, or just yeah, Bruce, but I wouldn't do it just for Fish. I think I mentioned to you that the um, that other podcast, I don't know if we're mentioning it, but they were talking about Fish and how, um, 
because I I'm not real familiar with them, but I know you're you're a fan. And they said that they I guess mix up their set list quite a bit. And they, um, they are a jam of, band like the Grateful Dead. They come yeah. into town, they play three nights, four nights, and they expect that it's the same people in the audience every single night. Not like Bruce, who expects there's a couple of hundred or even a thousand people that are there, you know, multiple nights. Most people, he's at a, he's looking at a different crowd every single night, except for those same faces he sees in the pit. And that's part of the reason he raised those prices, too, is he doesn't like to see the same faces in the... I know the, those faces think they're part of it, but... Bruce wants to see different faces down in front every time. I was watching, uh, I'm working on Edinburgh, and there's a guy very front of Pitt who was in the pit line in Houston. I saw him. I met him in the pit line in Houston. I'm like, this guy, you know, get down there once. Get down there twice. If you're down there every time, check yourself. Well, do you do you see the point though that if it wasn't for those repeat customers, he wouldn't be filling arenas or stadiums? No, I heard Hal say that on Twitter. I got an argument with him. Okay, so yeah, at the same time that they said that on their podcast, he said it on Twitter, and so I interacted because I was like, you know, I know a little something about fish because that was his statement that fish, uh, fish's audience would never stand for it if they suddenly just started playing the same set every night but fish has a different audience it's a much much smaller audience they rely on that repeat business bruce does not rely on that repeat business there are so many people there who have never seen him before every single night he's a classic rock radio god he you know there's people who are going for the very first time and they're not the minority the crazies who go over and over again are the minority. And don't think that a, a repetitive set list isn't a devised plan to shed us, get rid of us, leave tickets for the guy who wants to come and bring his kids for the first time, who has every album, but he has no bootlegs. Don't you like know? seeing kids there, don't we? Right? <laughs> well, do I like seeing kids? I don't know. I've, I've always been of the opinion that taking kids to a concert is child abuse, but... You know, people get really mad when I say that, you know, but I've seen people bring babies into Grateful Dead concerts that you should, those people shouldn't have babies and uh, little kids that eight hours. In the, it, it's a grueling concerts are a grueling experience unless you have prime seats or a luxury box. If you're in the pit, if you're in general admission. I don't think you should have your kids unless those kids are old enough to drive. Yeah, take your kids to Disney. Don't take them to a Springsteen concert. But um, yeah, so the argument was though that that, that a lot of the fans in the at the Springsteen shows are a lot of the same fans when they and especially when they play like two or three shows in a city, like he's doing now in Europe. That's false. There are a lot of fans, and um, I guess the. The point, I thought it was a valid point. They 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 said um, that a lot of these tickets, you know, went on sale and they sold out. And people are used to um, Springsteen. The past few, you know, the past twenty years now, that they that he mixes up the set list. He and he's famous for that. You know that he's not. You know he's. He may First of all, he, may, he in the last 
let's not go 20 years because if you go to the reunion tour, it's probably 65 to 75% the same every night. And if you go to the rising tour, it's probably 65 to 75% the same every night. Uh, and most tours are like, you know, 60% or more the same every night. It's never really been 50-50 until post river river tour you know river tour he played two hours was the exact same show every single night and then he played an hour and 15 minutes and a lot of that was the same too i mean you know we've watched a lot of those river shows yeah but but he always threw in a few rarities you know like a few and now there's a now there's blast now during, during the during the reunion tour he would open with a song from tracks he would, and then the next night he'd open it with a different song from track. So it, it was, it was just maybe, let's say he threw in two different songs. That's, that's better than the, what he's doing now. I mean, if he threw in one or two songs now that you haven't heard the night before, wouldn't you be happy with that? Don't get me wrong. I'm a jam band. I love fish. I love grateful dead. I'm a jam band fan. I would love if he came out and played. He's got enough material. He could play a different show every night, just like they do. They don't play anything the same every night. When Fish comes out, they don't have a hit song that they play every single night like Born to Run. And Bruce has a lot of those. Where he has to play every night because he's in a new town and they came to hear Thunder Road and they get really mad if they don't hear Thunder Road. So uh, Fish doesn't have any of those songs. They play a different about, show every I don't night. Care about those people. I don't care about those people that are pissed that Thunder Road wasn't played because we hear we've heard Thunder Road every night for forever. We have again, but we are not his market. And that's where Hal and Flynn get it wrong. It's a bloated idea of the fan base and how important they are. They're not. He yeah, is how, bigger. He is so much, much bigger than his fan base. How much what? money have you spent on tickets? He How doesn't owe us anything. Those are all choices. He puts out a product and we decide to buy it or not. He doesn't why, owe why, us Omega because we spent more than the last guy. It doesn't, he doesn't change, owe us that. Why change the show because of the person that's never seen you and he's going to see you one time? And guys like you that have spent have been seen him over and over again are not rewarded. Like which he, one he was he was never a jam band. He gave up it's here's what here's what you're doing here's what the pod, those podcast guys are doing you're damning him for oh. for opening it up the last several tours where he played more because most of his career he hasn't played more he's mixed it up a little a song here a song there the crux of the show remains the same it's been that way most of his career he opened it up a little bit more and now you're insisting that he continue to do that but he wants to put on this show that is well rehearsed and set and I, I think we're lucky that we're seeing darkness here and born in the usa there and that there are have been changes because he very well could have come out and done the same 28 songs every single night for two years um are you a little perplexed as to why this is happening now no i mean i'm not perplexed it's because bruce Springsteen does what Bruce Springsteen wants to do. I wish he would play a more, a bigger variety. Of course I do. Nobody watches the tour closer than I do. And of course, seeing the same thing is boring, but I'm not going to be perplexed. I think if I had to guess, I think 
it's to get rid of us. It's because we're a nuisance. He will fill that place without us. And he sees no, I, that guy no, who I, I keep seeing in the front row. He sees him over and over again. And he's like, how much do I have to charge? How much do I have to do the same show every night for you to go away and let someone else come up here? You admit that you think he may be punishing us. It's possible. No, it's not punishment. It's not punishment. It's like, what can I do to, you know, get people to let give someone else a chance? Right. Not wait three days in line to be front and row yeah, every single may, night. I think you may have a point there. I think that's a that's something no one's ever said before. <laughs> and, and, uh, I've often said that the diehard fans, for one, they think they're very important. But the truth is, we're a nuisance. We're the ones <laughs> who scream and cry about tickets and prices. Most people, they just buy their tickets. And they don't scream and cry about prices. And it's not life or death. And it's like, and if they can't hard. afford them, they go see Rod Stewart instead. <laughs> Uh, we are a nuisance now yeah we buy a lot of records and he has to say how much he loves he can't he can't become the guy who goes on the power stern show and goes oh my goddamn diehard fans man there's such a pain in my ass he can't say that but you know we make if if people didn't go buy the tickets they would come down in price they proved that in tulsa if nobody goes and buys the tickets, they come down in price. So people scream about the price while they're shelling out the money. I mean, they're to blame. They want to blame the artist for being valuable, but they wouldn't not do what it takes to bring the price down, and that is to not buy. You, no. What do you think of the um, what do you think of the argument where had Bruce come out in the beginning and said, told us what this tour was really gonna be, what it really is now? And what we thought it was going to be. But what if he announced, hey, you're going to be seeing basically the same show every night. So keep that in mind before you buy multiple tickets for multiple shows. You can still do that. But at least you know beforehand, you're going to be seeing like Broadway. You're going to be seeing the same show every night with very little variation. What do you think of that? I don't think that would have hurt. Anybody. I think if he would have done that, maybe people would be less upset. He would have sold the same amount of tickets. Maybe that would have been a solution. I'm not sure he knew until he went and started rehearsing the show, which was well after the tickets were sold. See, here's the one, you know, I am part of a small group that paid upfront for all the nugs and, uh, uh, to make sure that we got every single show, we shelled out. It was 375 for the U.S. tour, 375 for the Europe tour, and now there's been another add-on, 350 tour, 350 for the fall tour that we also get in on. I can't complain about that one because they sold that long after the tour started and long after we knew what the case was going to be uh, with. Uh, with uh, the set list. So I can't talk about that, but let's talk about that first $750. Now I didn't spend 750 out of pocket. I got involved with a small group who paid into, into that. So we're getting them all for a slightly smaller price. And one of us is doing all the downloading and sending to the rest of us. And he does it the day they come out. So, you know, I'm getting a good deal on the entire tour. 
If I was yeah. paying for the whole tour out of pocket, I might not be so shrugging off of the fact that we, I mean, I did get involved on the, for the fall tour tour, knowing well that I'm buying all these downloads for one or yeah, two songs me, per show at most. Quickly well, about that. Uh, just quickly about that. Uh, um, the Nugs audio where, when this started before the tour started, it was announced that you could buy every show. Right. Um, you could pay, uh, you know, you get some kind of discount, I guess. Uh, we got the discount. We paid up front. Okay. So w what about, do you feel that maybe something should have been said before that happened? Before, because Well, that's what I'm saying is that when people bought the entire tour, they probably expected a little bit more variety in the whole thing. And for them to sell it without letting us know. But again, when they sold it, I don't think anybody knew, even Bruce knew exactly what the tour was going to be or how you want to, you know, I think part of the set list remains the same because of the size of the band. You know, they're not all just ready to change the set list on the drop of a hat. It's not like, it's not like, you know, they brought in one new player and he's got to learn all the whole, you know, like when they brought in Jake and he learned 70, 70% 70 of the catalog and slowly picked up the rest as they went. You know, it's a lot of people that I'm sure the songbook is limited. Okay. What do you, um? so you think maybe this has something to do with the band not uh, catching on to these, to anything new that Bruce could throw at them the way he used to? And it's a large band that, you know, how many, how, how many songs are they ready for? I mean, yeah, they sound check and, you know, we've seen that not a lot of songs have been getting added. It's not a lot. You, There's some. How do you explain these um, sound checks that he's doing? And, but I he's think not mo most of the sound checks have been played. Not all of them. Uh, Racing in the street stands out. That was sound check, but not played. Uh, something from the new album. Uh, one minute you're here with sound check, but not played. I heard. Uh, other than that, I think everything that's been sound checked has been played. I'm not 100 percent on that, but I think so. Yeah, I don't know. Lately, he's been playing three or four songs in sound check, and I don't have the I don't have them in front of me, but they were they were rehearsed, and then then they 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 do they weren't played. So I know the night he played something in the night, he sound checked. <laughs> Racing in the street, something in the night, uh, something was, um, else that wasn't played, and then something that's played every night. Like, one song was actually at least one song was was even on the set list, the written set list. It was the ties that bind, and he uh, that was the ties that bind. That's the other song. But instead, when they got out, he did "My Love Will Not Let You Down." which was the same opening as, you know, the previous night or so. So I just don't, I just, um, it's a little odd to me. I just wish we knew why. <laughs> if it, did it just sound bad? Did yeah, it just something not... in the sound check made him say, ah, we gotta, let's work on that. Or I don't feel right saying that. Whatever, I don't know, man. I do not try to get in Springsteen's head. I just no. consume it. I consume it. He sings and I cheer and I, and I, you know, I put out that Mary's place. I got Maddie, who loves everything, 
Byron doesn't like Mary's place, but man, that video was just incredible. I had yeah, to put that I, out. I don't, uh, I don't hate uh, that song. I, um, and actually, it's when you watch it live, it's um, I can see you know the crowd loves it, and and um, I'll take that over some others. <laughs> you know, I, I'm getting. What what would you say you're getting a little tired of, or maybe you wish he would replace it with something? What would you would you pick a song that's been played what, every night? What songs do I think are expendable from the current set? Yeah, I mean, some but, some know. of these some of these are not going to go. These personal choices that I because oh, uh, because the gonna... night, as far as I'm concerned, I never ever have to hear because the night again, and. Uh, I, you know, I think that's going to be in there every night. As long as Nils Lofgren's there, I think it's going to be there every night for the rest of this band's uh, career. Although they played it the one show without him, too. I thought maybe they wouldn't. I got excited to hear what it would be like with uh, Steve taking the solo uh, because of the night. That was a cool one. I think in Houston was the night. That's a good, with... point. That's a good point. That 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 adds to the um, like the the standard set list thing where it's like you. Even with Neil's not there, you had to play the same song that you played. Like it's almost that like was early in the tour. I don't know if they even considered taking it out because the night has somehow become a regular. You know, I remember hearing because the night in like the reunion tour and uh, thinking it was a rarity, but I've oh, yeah. kind of heard it ever since. It's a great song, and um, you know, just just like. Hungry Heart is a great song. I, I'm I, good. I'm good with leaving Hungry Heart off the set list. Yeah, but it's not even on the set list. Well, it's been it, there. It, it's been there a couple times now, twice I think. He's played. Yeah, it twice. And I'd, be fine, I'd be fine with not hearing it, but that's um from the regular set list. I mean, No Surrender seems he's he's married to it, but I've I've you know yeah. heard I've heard it enough. I think you know I went to four shows. So most of the songs to me are expendable. The ones, what's unexpendable? I guess the the four pack: No Surrender, Ghosts, uh, uh, Prove It All Night, uh, Letter to You. That right there is going to stay. And then even, but then it goes into like uh, one more from Darkness, uh, Promised Land, and then Out in the Street. Out in the Street, he's taken out a couple times. I could take that out and we'll leave it out. I could, you know, we've out in the street was every single night on the river tour, not just the full album show out in the street stayed after they dropped the album. It stayed every single night for through 2017 in, in, uh, in Australia. Yeah. I can't remember. I can't remember ever not hearing out in the street during. Right. And it was an every night on the reunion tour. And, uh, I don't know that, you know, he's got a lot of songs. I think he forgets about, in favor of songs that for some reason I think he thinks are his pinnacle. Cause he, aside from the born in the USA stuff, he doesn't really play the hits, you know? Uh, yeah. Well, right. secret garden is like one of his hugest hits and he never plays that. And, and Philadelphia is a huge hit and he doesn't play that. And uh, human touch, which he's played once was a big hit. And what's off tunnel of love. The one, uh, uh, brilliant. brilliant disguise was a big hit and he doesn't play that and uh he doesn't play the hits except for the 84 hits that's it and uh yeah, and let's... Born, to, born to run was not a hit no plays that every night 
That's his. No, it was. Not, it was his signature so, song. Told it was on the radio at the time. And it's a staple of classic rock radio. Even Jungle Land is a staple of classic rock radio now. But uh, but none <laughs> of them were hits. I'm gonna grab the greatest hits, and I because I just so I don't forget anything. The greatest hits is loaded with shit that were never released as 45 or never really considered hits. Well, I'm not talking about the the newer songs he put on there, but uh, I don't know where the hell it is. I have so much stuff here. Um, yeah, I'm thinking of like like songs that are on the actually on the greatest hits that are supposed to be the greatest hits that he still hasn't played. It's a little that he could that you would think he would replace some of these songs with them at least, so the audience is sure to know. Yeah, I, I will not try to explain his choices. I mean, I would never in a million years think that Kitty's Back was ever going to be an every night song. And Candy Kitty's Back, I'll tell you that when he does Out in the Street, Kitty's Back, I like that. And it seems to be like when he takes Candy out, Candy's one I would take out. I could take out Candy. I would leave in Kitty's Back. I would leave East Street Shuffle. I mean, these are showcase songs for the horns, both of them. Uh, Kitty and E Street Shuffle. I think maybe that's why he chose them. Uh, that he the, the horns sound good on them. Do you think that's why he does "Pay Me My Money Down" because of the horns? I think that's where "Pay Me My Money Down" came from. It's a that he wants to utilize the horn section more. Uh, and Johnny Ninety Nine, you know, one or the other. I, you know, he likes bringing the horns down to the front front of stage ramp that goes off into the middle. Uh, but yeah, I think that's any other ones that you'd take out. It would you would you take out Johnny 99 and and Mary? Well, Johnny 99's been gone and back in, and I'm fine, you know, either way. I like Johnny 99, but if I could open up a spot to hear something new, I'd take up most things, you know. Mary's place again, I'm glad it made it into the set. It doesn't need to be there every night. I think that it's been good. He seems to be having fun with it. I think it's going to stick around. Shh. He's shushing a stadium. I think that's got to be an ego, an ego thing when you can get a whole stadium. Although on the last one that I was working on, he couldn't get him to shut up. So he might, he might stop trying to shush the stadium. There's still too many people screaming, I love you. I don't, I don't really get the shushing thing when he does that. It's his thing. Um, he shushes on um, Mary's place. What do you, what do you think of him dropping the letter to you songs? Well, I mean, there's ones that didn't make it. They started very early. We saw them in Florida. And then I don't think that, uh, I don't think Priest, I'm, I'm amazed he played it three times. I, you know, I thought when he played it the once, that was going to be it, but he played it three times. And uh, I don't think that's coming do you, back. Do you think they didn't work for him? I don't know. I don't know. Why I drop can't. a song? What, what would be the reason? I have no idea why I dropped those songs. I like that we saw that Tampa show that had that seemed to have the most letter to you songs of any show. Yeah, it was uh, great. Yeah, we got a real treat there. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm like you. I want to hear the new stuff, and especially, I mean, on a, a the album "Letter to You" doesn't have a bad song on it, as far as I'm concerned. So, I, oh, I and, know. Um, and there's still a couple that haven't been played. I don't think he's ever yeah. going to play. And your friends over at that podcast, according to them, Europe 
they're more they i guess i don't know if the the, the albums sell even better over there or the, their theory was that they would really appreciate hearing the new stuff from letter to you even more than the u.s crowd he's bigger over there there's no doubt about that i mean nobody's waiting in line four days here to get a good seat and yeah, if they so do if they do they're from there they came over here yeah they're I, he's he's bigger over there all, all over uh they don't have a tulsa there's no show in a tulsa for 30 dollars where the whole place is empty that every show is to be back let's say bruce continues uh which it looks like if he's going to continue with this set list from you know there doesn't seem to be any changes happening we thought when the stadium started things would change and they haven't so let's say um you've said that you believe he's going to continue through 2024 even though nothing's been announced so um what do you think it's going to affect ticket sales once he announces new shows no with everyone knowing now what to expect you think they're going to be like ah, i'm not going to buy multiple i'm not going to i'm not going to buy multiple shows now maybe i'll get one but i'm not going to so do you think that's going to affect it? No, I do not think we affect the marketplace. As I keep saying, as much as Hal and Flynn think that we, that diehard fans coming over night after night, somehow uh, keep it in stadiums rather than theaters or whatever he thinks Springsteen would play without him. Uh, it's not so true. You, the market is is as big as it is in Jersey. You can play three nights at MetLife stadium. If every diehard fan sits out and doesn't go to any of the three nights, he's going to sell just as many tickets. We are tiny. The diehard fans are tiny here. Yeah. Uh, there might be a couple of people that go to more than one night, but they're not crying about the set list. They understand that when you go see a band, play three, you know, when they play three nights in a row, if they're not a jam band, if they're not Fish or the Grateful Dead, you're going to see the same show. I said it last week on my show, the Foo Fighters have been playing the same show for five years. Look up their set list. It's identical. Night after night after night. Are there Foo Fighter fans who go to multiple shows? Yes. Do they cry about the set list? No. They know. It's going to be the same every night. They choose to go again. He spoiled them to thinking that he he owes them a jam band show where he makes a new set list every night. But that's not the show. I mean, I, I would love it if that were the show. But well, I'm not going to complain about it. This is what he wants to put out there. We don't have to go again, but I'm going to. I believe they're, they they love Bruce just as much as you and I do. According to them, they're just, they're just um, this is what people are talking about on Twitter and so forth. So they have to, and they have to, uh, you know, address the elephant in the room when they do their show. I mean, if people are, I don't know, it's not like, I mean, I hope I don't sound like I'm complaining because I'm really, I'm just, I'm throwing it out there. I'm, and I'm, uh, I uh, hold him to this, you know, because I just, um, I'm used to something different and something very, the opposite is happening now. And it's like, it's just, you gotta, you gotta address it. I think I just, but I'm not complaining. Uh, I don't know about you, but um, I think I would see, have seen him more or be more excited to see more shows this tour. If, 
the set list changed up just a little bit because I've only seen I've seen two shows and and I love watching the shows you make and um but it's just the excitement isn't there like we're hearing you know we're, we're hearing a lot of the same stuff and then it, it's just like man and the audio is perfect when you do a show you're putting the perfect audio on there and but um sometimes you know you and i kind of like watching like an old show now just to throw what just to just to mix it up because well, i how agree many, i agree man i would love it i would love it if they mixed it up would you have gone to more shows, do you think, if things were the way? Well, I was going to go to six and I only went to four. And the fact that it doesn't change that much made it easier on me emotionally. But I still would have missed those two, even if it was wildly different. And yeah. I don't think I'd be planning a lot more shows. You know, I've got my travel issues. Uh, but what I want, you know, I, I'm making all these videos. This would be more fun if they mixed it up. Yeah. But I don't pretend that he's here to make it more fun for me. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to get angry and say, oh, he should be mixing it up because he's ruining my videos. You know, no, I really, no. I really think that part of it is that's part of the point that, you know, if he can, if he, if he devalues the things that are going on that he doesn't like, then, you know what I'm saying? It's like, he doesn't like YouTube videos. He doesn't like, you know, people with phones holding up. And uh, and if it's the same every night, maybe they don't. They'll have less incentive to do it. I don't like predicting how Bruce Springsteen thinks. You know, I am just a consumer of what he puts out there. I don't have to like it. I almost always do. Uh, but I don't understand the people who complain about it. This is this is what this tour is. Other tours were very similar some of the more recent tours he would mix it up some but go look at go look at those stadium shows those four and a half hour stadium shows for 2016 the set lists aren't identical but you know 85 percent of the shows are the same he played for four and a half hours he played mostly you know everything there's like 20 percent were some real deep nuggets that's what i think i guess we're missing he doesn't have the time. He's playing three hours. What do you think of the fact that he announced before the tour in interviews that he would be mixing it up? I'd like to hear that wording specific from the interview where he said... He did, well, he did an interview with, um, I think it was uh, from Sirius Radio, I think with Jim... Jim... Do you know who I'm talking about? Jim, Jim yeah, Rotolo. yeah, yeah, Rotolo, Rotolo, uh, and he said that, yeah, that that they would be, um, they would start out with a, he, he had written a set list, a stand, a, a set list that he'd be working off of, and that they'd be throw as the e Street Band always does, they'd be throwing in some new stuff, and he doesn't want to get bored. I think with, he's done that, you know, maybe not to the extent that you know me and you might like to see. But I think he's done that. I saw four vastly different shows. You know, I didn't see that. We only saw one show in common, the Tampa show. You went and saw another Florida show. I saw Dallas, Houston, and uh, Tulsa. 
And I saw vastly different shows. I saw a lot of songs that, you know, a lot of people haven't seen. Uh, yeah, is that, is that you? It seems unusual that we we actually saw the best show, I think, in Tampa. And then we, um, the set lists were actually, yeah, they were actually um, better in the beginning of the tour than they are now, right? But they weren't that different. I mean, they weren't that different, but there was enough each night where I saw some one-offs, I saw some two-offs, you know, we didn't see Thunder Road. He left Thunder Road off of Tampa, but you saw Thunder Road because Tampa's the only show he's left it off. It's been there every night uh, except Tampa. So he left Thunder Road off and then he decided, boy, I can't do that. And he hasn't done it since. So we both seen Thunder Road, but we didn't see it in Tampa. And then he played several songs from the new album that he's not playing anymore. I saw Priest and uh, and we saw Patty's song. We saw Burning Train. We saw Patty Song, uh, Brilliant Disguise. I saw Detroit Medley in in Dallas. Uh, there's, you know, I'd have to look at the set list to bring them up, but I saw a pretty good variety for four shows. Considering when you look at the set list, it seems to be very, very, very the same. But I also put together, as you love to make me remember, a two and a half hour compilation from the U.S. Oh, tour yeah. of songs yeah. that got played once, twice, or, you know, it was, yeah. the, the rule was under 10 times, but generally if it was under 10, it was under six. Yeah. And that just proves that uh, things have gotten uh, gone. In Europe, there has only been three tour yeah. premieres, but there's been mixes. He mixed it up. He's just taken those, all those one-offs from the U.S. and playing them once or twice in Europe too. You know, sometimes the uh, sometimes uh, trapped is there, sometimes trapped isn't there. Sometimes, uh, you know, I can't think of all the the rotating songs. Darlington County disappeared. I saw Darlington County once, and that made like four appearances. And uh, I don't think that's made an appearance in Europe. Um, I don't think I don't think we miss it. Darlington County, I like Darlington County. There's another Nils. Nils gets his chance. He's got a vocal on it. He comes down wherever. Here's the thing. If you watch a lot of videos, you, you learn about Darlington County. Wherever Bruce is, when it comes time for Nils's verse, Nils has to get there. And I guess that's probably easier now as Bruce doesn't go as far away as he used to. But it used to be... Bruce could be anywhere in the stadium and Nils had to get to him to sing his part of Darlington County. And that was always yeah. fun. What's another Nils type, uh, a Nils um, song that you could replace? Uh, well, uh, Dar Darlington County is his only real good vocal. Uh, the, the guitar solo, they could go back and forth with Youngstown and, and because the night, because he's, He's definitely showcased on both of those shows. He would, if he's not doing because of the night, he usually does the Youngstown solo. I can, I uh, one comes to mind, um, "Man at the Top." Yeah, they, they played it once, right? Yeah, but he's got some some vocals in that one. I think they played it in 1985, and they haven't played it since. So, oh, they they played it during the reunion tour. They did. Yeah. Uh, I have to look it up. Believe so. Not. Crazy. I think uh, they played it, you know, once. I didn't even pay attention to how long we've been going. Uh, but here's things we did not discuss on the first 
episode of the podcast. We did not discuss the title of the podcast. Oh, I thought you were going to say the title of the, the tour. The title of the tour is Bruce Springsteen 2023. We love you!